Well, good evening, folks. It is uh, Thursday night. Um, weather report is 92, I believe. It's cool. 92, 45% humidity, so it's a bit uncomfortable. And 45% humidity, you don't really get a um, good cooling from the pool. You get a little bit, but it just doesn't feel the same when it's much drier. And we're getting off to a little bit of a late start on the walk. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's just it's Thursday night, tomorrow's Friday. Um, getting used to my new job. Um, the boss has gone off to Farnborough, England for the air show. And um, those are fun, like every industry, whether it's electronics or aviation, medical, they usually have their big shows. Of course, aviation is probably the coolest, right? Because you get to go see the new airplanes and helicopters and stuff. So, I mean, right? How can you stop? How can you top that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Farnborough, England, which is an airport, uh, let's see, southwest of London, less than an hour near Windsor Castle and then they alternate once it's a year in Farnborough in 2018 2019 it'll be Paris at Le Bourget also an old airfield and I believe that's northwest of Paris so a lot of people love Paris I mean it's a, it's a I think it's a pretty city but um yeah, I've, I've taken a liking more to, like, Munich, Berlin, German cities. They seem cleaner. They're not as messy, and the people seem to be more orderly. <laughs> so maybe I'm a Euro snob or something. And, uh, yeah, I don't know Italy that well, but I'm sure that's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, Paris gets a lot of attention and now watching that um, history program I was surprised how this uh, Otto Bismarck in like 1890 I mean they, they kicked the French a bit and they were like, occupying Paris and they they actually created maybe it was 1870 they kind of created Germany from the palace at Versailles isn't that ironic <laughs> they, they were sitting around Versailles after kicking the French's butt, and then they formed Germany. I don't. I don't think they really took over France at that time. They just. They just took advantage of the, kicking the, French around, and uh, there was some, Holy Roman Empire thing going on too. See, that's the thing about, us Americans. You know, we everything starts with 1776, goes back to the Pilgrims. We have Thanksgiving. You know, we're. American centric, but there's a lot of interesting things happened way back when. So, and most of us are European, and even the new populations out of Mexico, a lot of them have Spanish roots. So, yeah, and um, it's cool enough at 92 to just. Uh, my son gave me these cigars, so I lit up a cigar, so you may hear some 
odd sounds from the dulcet tones tonight. I may occasionally puff on a cigar. Right, Bud? Bud doesn't mind it. And uh, Bud got some food. He had some people food tonight. He had some carrots and uh, some potato skins. Someone brought by some really nice meatloaf. They brought by meatloaf for us for dinner and that helps us all out as we go through our um, cancer treatment time. So probably the next three months will be uncertainties. I mean, we're, seems to be all you can do is follow the protocols and do your thing. And there you go. So I'm, these walks and these podcasts might be a coping mechanism for me. So let's, let's psychoanalyze that, right? Which is, psychoanalyzing is really interesting. If you just sit back and let someone psychoanalyze you, they can tell you just about anything. Like, oh, Mike, you're just, you're, you're doing these podcasts as a uh, coping mechanism for cancer and things. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, I guess you are. I guess I am. You just convinced me. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's psychology, I suppose. It's important, psychology. But sometimes, like politics, I mean, you can framework things and put categories on things, and it doesn't change anything. Just because you can put a put someone in a box, put a framework around something. And again, it's that in and out thing. If you're in an in group, out group, in group, out group, people just seem to feel comfortable if they're in the in group, and or you know, and then there's a, they also feel comfortable if there's an. You can't be in the in-group if there's not an out-group. So that's what makes that whole thing complicated. It doesn't matter whether it's politics, sports, art, medicine, engineering. There's an in-group and an out-group. You know, you're either you're like, you know, we're the best, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, I guess they call that tribalism. If you want to have a word for it and they're always changing the words for things you know but whatever it's it's nice to if we can get out of the in and out group concept I think people would be more kind and loving and accepting and so forth what do they call that the uh, the people that are tolerant so it's tolerance is different perhaps maybe that's maybe that's a good Tolerance doesn't really get rid of the in and out group. It just says um, there is an out group. They're not, I'm not part of it, but I tolerate them. So, so tolerance really probably and diversity really isn't a good process, perhaps, um, because if you have diversity, then you're still putting people in groups. See, I just thought of that tonight. So, yeah, I guess I'll name this podcast The In and The Out Group. And uh, so what am I doing? What are, what are these podcasts? I guess that's just me verbalizing my thoughts. And again, we all have 30,000 thoughts a day. I'll, I'll speak probably five, six, seven, eight thoughts in the next 20 minutes, but I'll have a lot more thoughts that will go unspoken. 
<laughs> like, oh, I got to get a bag out and pick up my dog's poop. Well, that's a couple of thoughts right there, but I probably won't share them with the audience. But, right, bud? We'll just do our, do our business, do things quietly. So we still have a little light, and there's still some clouds. This is that strange time of year where, I mean, there's a lot of times in Arizona where there is not a cloud in the sky. None. It's just bizarre how clear it is. And so this is the time of year where we have a few clouds, and it's, it's interesting. You get some nice colors when we get, we get some incredible sunsets when the um, sun's setting and the reds and the oranges light up the clouds. So those are always beautiful. What's up, bud? Come on. So last time we saw a snake, I was just thinking, all right, I got to make sure I'm paying attention to Bud. It was May 5th last year, so we're way past May. I don't know where the snakes are right now. They usually come out in May, June, but I don't know. Maybe they kind of get comfortable in July, and they don't really come out on the sidewalk as much. Or maybe wherever they're hanging out on the rocks is warm enough that they don't come up on the sidewalks anymore. Or the street. But they might do that. They might do that. For, so for whatever reason, I'm thinking of a friend of ours who's got a daughter who's out of high school, took a year off, just got a job as at a real estate um, office as director of first impressions. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool, right? Director of first impressions. So probably what used to be called a receptionist maybe in a building, but that's kind of a cool name, you know, more dignity for the person. Of course, directors usually have people working for them, so she has to train others on how to up their game, as I call it. Everybody up your game on your first impressions, right? And what else, what else, what can we say about first impressions? There's all these like anecdotal comments about people make a judgment about whether they're gonna like someone in six seconds, right? So that's, that's six, 12 seconds, whatever the numbers is, nobody ever times it. <laughs> <laughs> Although they probably do brain scans and they go, okay, this guy's at six seconds. Okay, their brain chemistry's already going. I don't like this person. So maybe there is some scientific data on the brain scanning thing. But again, it's it's a it's sort of scientific. But whether it's six seconds, eight seconds, nine point five, ten seconds, what does it matter? The point is, is people make some kind of judgment. So I, that's why I like the love everyone always is. I like that theme and I try to apply that to myself. And, I, and, and in certain jobs, you kind of need that kind of a attitude. There's, there's uh, some phrases where some people say, like at, uh, I think it's at uh, the Diamondback Baseball Facility. All the employees are trained with something that says, find a way to say yes. Find a way 
I think they even have an acronym for it. So what would that be? Find F A way A W F A W find a way T to T F A W T S Y Fotsy. Fotsy. So they have these buttons that say Fotsy on it. Find a way to say yes. So that's a great thing when you go out to a facility and all the employees are they're trying to be helpful. They're hospitality, right? Find a way to say yes. So can we like engineer? I'm an engineer by training, so we're I'm probably getting deprogrammed over the years after 30 some years where being right isn't that important. I mean, that's what you go to school. You have an exam. There's a problem statement. There's a problem. Solve it. Get it right. I guess that comes into um, accounting and different other areas too, right? You got to have the right accounting numbers. But for some reason, I think engineers pick up an attitude. At least I did. Like we're so damn smart because we know how things work. We know how a car works. We know how you know, the braking systems and the engines and the this, and then the electrical engineers know how computers work. So they, most of us don't, we just bang out stuff on a keyboard. And, you know, there's, there's that human interface thing, which companies do, Apple does a great job of making that <clears throat> human interface work so well. So it's more, um, you don't have to understand all the computer science behind it. You know, they, they do a lot of extra work to make it easy for you so that's apple computer so i'm going on the sidewalk i think my eyes aren't super clear i think there's something out there <laughs> i don't know what that is i'm gonna have to turn the light it looks like a plant how could that plant be right in the middle of the what is this thing? Oh, it's a branch. So I'm looking and I'm thinking it's like a Lost in Space episode or Star Trek. It's like, what's this thing just standing in the sidewalk? And it's basically a tree branch that got blown over. And um, I had to turn on my spotlight because I didn't want to just walk into it. And, uh, yeah, so it just blew over in one of the storms, some mini storms we had. And so we're by that now. And, uh, bud, what do you want to do, bud? Okay. And the air conditionings are humming. This is the time of year where your uh, electricity bill will probably be like, I guess three times what the winter would be so in the winter we don't really need heat much here very little so your electricity bill will be about one-third or more of what it is in the summer so if you have like a $150 bill in January in July your bill could be 450 type of thing so you can do an averaging thing where that helps where they just say, okay, well, just pay two seventy-five every month for the whole year. So that makes it a little less painful because you don't want that extra $300 bill every month in the summertime. 
really really bums you out. Of course, it makes you turn your thermostat up to like 80, and it's uncomfortable because you're probably feeling like you're saving five bucks a day or something. But and you might. And uh, if you work at home, that's a little bit of a struggle because you really need that air conditioning on, <laughs> or it's pretty uncomfortable. Right, bud? Yeah. Um, so in-group, out-group, love everyone always, judgments in five seconds, six seconds. But those are the people that don't love everyone always, right? So if you love everyone always, you won't be making a judgment in five seconds. And maybe why, why do we feel like we need to, you know? Why do, you know? I mean, maybe you don't, maybe you, you'll be patient, let it happen, let it all interact. And maybe you won't see, the, maybe it's just going to Chick-fil-A or going to a restaurant and the, the, the checkout counter, you just, they're just young kids and they don't, they just don't impress you or whatever, but it is what it is. We're all human and we're growing. There's, I've noticed we have, we view things from our perspective. So I've kept to keep my, reminding myself, especially on the highway and stuff. Okay, I've been driving a car a lot for 40 years, so, but there's some people on the same highway, which I can't tell, that have only been driving for five or six months, so they're probably a little spooked out there. So I gotta be, keep that into consideration. Not everybody has the same skill level or lack of skill. <laughs> If someone may say, I have lack of skill. I don't, I don't think I have lack of skill. I just have lack of caring what other people think about my driving. So, um, and this one guy was like telling me, two guys at this saying that I'm a terrible driver. I'm like, what the hell? You know, just because I don't drive like you doesn't mean I'm terrible. I mean, that's the thing is people, everyone judges other people based as if they're they have it all figured out and their their standards are the right standards so those kind of people are a pain in the ass right i think we can all agree on that <laughs> we still love them but they're a pain in the ass pitas pain in the ass such a pita you can love pitas we love pitas, especially if we're having euros or Greek food. Gotta have a pita. Yeah. So now with the clouds, this happens in the when we have clouds too in the <clears throat> winter time. I'm on the nor um, south side of this mountain that blocks us from downtown Phoenix. So downtown Phoenix has lots of lights and so forth. So the lights from the city light up the sky. I mean, we're in general, we're pretty dark on this side of the mountain, especially with an Indian reservation covering several hundreds, if not a thousand square miles. I don't know how big it is, it's pretty big. And it's kind of fun having the Indian reservation over here. It's good. Yeah. There's not a lot out there, but it's an Indian reservation. What else? What else? So, uh, started watching poker. 
tonight. I haven't watched that in a long time. They're uh, doing the World Series of Poker in Vegas. And probably about 10 years ago, or maybe longer, I started watching it. It's pretty. Fa I, I was just fascinated by it, Texas Hold'em. And uh, so much so that I started playing online free poker, right? I've never... Um, and it's kind of addicting, right? But online free poker with no money, it does, it's just phony chips. And so people don't fold on bluffs because it's like, well, I might as well call because not going to hurt I'm not going to it's not like I'm losing my own money so but these are the pros they started out with 7,800 people paying 10 grand excuse me 10 grand 10 grand to play and uh, they, they they whittle it down you know basically you have your chips and if you lose all your chips you're out and um, then there's the remaining players they're down to nine and uh, they, they've already played seven days to get down to nine players. <laughs> seven. And it's a pretty long marathon session. So seven days, they go down. And now they start the final table where everybody's going to win at least a million bucks. So that's pretty good. So these guys have all made it to the final table. The absolute winner is going to get $8.8 million. So almost nine million, so that's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, I was cheering for this gal. She, uh, you know, they, they do a pretty good job of highlighting certain players, so you kind of get a little backstory on people. So she's from Arizona, so that's great. And she uh, she went to the University of Arizona in biology and pre med, and started to go to med school and then switched to being a lawyer so she got a, a doctorate in whatever they call that jurisdiction juris duty I don't know what it was I, I saw it a while ago see I already forgot like less than an hour ago so um, a PhD in that I thought lawyers just got a law degree but maybe you can get a doctorate or maybe they all have doctorates I don't know so she's uh, smart, obviously, because um, you can't go to school and be successful in those kind of things if you can't learn and remember things and repeat. And poker is a lot about that, remembering and so forth. So uh, three years ago, I guess she came in 29th. And uh, this year, unfortunately, she went out at 50. So it was I was pulling for her, but she still made 150 grand for seven days of work. And of course, she's probably disappointed, of course, because everybody wants to make it to the final table and so forth. And of course, there's luck in poker, and and there's kind of picking your moments, like pick a time where you're really going to push it, you know, and change things up. And it's funny to as they show like people bluffing and things. And you can see it on TV what they got. So you can kind of know if someone's bluffing. And they had one classic bluff today. It was so great. And, you know, I could tell, it's kind of like going with the flow of the game. So the guy just made a decision, I'm gonna go down this path and see where it leads. 
and he, he kept following the path, and he goes, well, I'm going to put my turn. He just basically went all in, and I, I thought this was fascinating. He was, he only had like 12 million chips, and he was going up against a guy with 50 million. So basically, the, he put in all his chips, all 12, and the other guy would have to put in, it was only, the pot was only at 5 million. So the guy had to decide, am I gonna put in another seven million and risk it, right? He could, he'd be risking losing another seven million or just fold. So it was like a three minute stare down. <laughs> and the guy that went all in, he's committed. He's made his decision, he's in. And he's just sitting there staring out into space straight ahead and the camera gets his face, and it, he's just got this look on his face. It's just like he's in a coma or something. It's just bizarre, so funny. And uh, the other guy's just, he, he's gotta make a decision, so he's playing with his chips and looking at the guy, trying to get a read on him, like, is he bluffing me, whatnot. And this is where math comes in. So essentially, He's already got the top pair, like there's five cards up and there's a king. So um, he had a pair of kings, but that's really not a very good hand, especially there was a 10-jack king showing. So if the guy had ace-queen, he'd have a straight and beat him. So that's what his choice was. And the, he's a good player and he actually won it in 2009. He won the whole thing, the guy that was going all in. So that guy's put it all on the line and as the announcer said the guy with 50 million chips who was deciding whether to call or not he could, if he called him and he, he and he won he would take him out of the game right he'd just be gone and he's one of the better players because he's been there before so his calculation might have been adjusted to say you know what if I risk 7 million it'll take me down from 50 million to 43 but if I win, I take that guy out, and he goes up to about 60 million. And he decided to fold, so that was pretty cool. And the guy didn't tell him what he had, which was basically an ace high. <laughs> That's all he had. So his kings were would have beat. He would have guy with the kings won would have won, but he folded. So he wouldn't tell him what he did, but he says, well, in 30 minutes, they have the game on tape. It's live, but 30 minute tape delay. So 30 minutes later, he was gonna find out that he, he was bluffing. So then like 30, 45 minutes later, they did start talking about it, you know, on the, at the table. So that's pretty fun. It's kind of fun to watch. And uh, I think my son, I should, I'm thinking about it. maybe I should get him train him on poker because he's got the greatest poker face. I think. I mean, you can never tell what he's thinking. <laughs> so, so maybe I should train my. Uh, let's see, 99. This is 18. He's going to be 19 now. Give him an intensive, intensive training in poker, and he can go two years from now and try it out. Um, cause he's, he's smart. Why not? 
And if you just practice something, you know, we can do the old um, Malcolm Gladwell thing. The do something 10,000 times so you get good at it. And, uh, yeah, he'd be pretty funny at that. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Should talk to the lawyer. She's in town. She might be interested in coaching him. You want to coach this guy? And uh, there you go. It's a stamina game. The guy that's one of the top guys now, he's just so funny to watch. He's just such a slob at the table. He's just so annoying to look at. And he's he's like a bully at the table because he has the most chips. So he can just, he can throw a million, like somebody may only have like 15 million, but this guy's got 100 million. So, so a guy with 15 million throws out a $2 million bet and the guy can just throw 2 million at it because it doesn't impact his stack that much. So that's the guy you gotta watch out for. But that's, that's the game, that's, that's a game. And perhaps we're all playing games. We all have our own games to play. I guess that's it. We all make our own rules to some extent. I mean, as long as you're not doing anything unethical or immoral, just play your game. It's kind of the outlier. Find your outlier skill. Make a game out of your outlier. And then exploit it. And it's... Poker is the ultimate... Well, not ultimate, because tennis is also an individual sport. You don't rely on anybody else but yourself. Same as golf, a few other sports. But poker, yeah, definitely. It's all on you. It's all on your decisions. It's all on your brain, your interpretation. Things like that. So, yeah. I watched a couple hours of poker on DVR, so I fast-forward through stuff. Efficient, but uh, fascinating to watch the decisions and the strategies and what people do. So yeah, I enjoy that. Bud, you haven't gone poop yet. What's going on? We're almost home. Had to give you guys a poop status. Bud, are you going to go poop out of here? What are you going to do? You're just kind of not in the mood to poop. Huh? Um, yeah, so what do we got? July 12th. And tomorrow's Friday the 13th. Uh, I ran this morning. My knee's a little sore. Uh, was a bit heavy this morning. I don't know if my scale's off. I was like shockingly i don't know how i gained like three pounds or something and uh so now i have to blame it on a scale a scale and i'm thinking my brain this is how my brain works i'm like well that doesn't seem right and i'm i've been exercising and so forth and up three pounds i'm like whoa maybe this the scale is over 10 years old maybe it's time for a new one 
<laughs> but I'll, I'll give it a, a whirl tomorrow and see where we're at. And I, I'm not trying to get, to, I don't want, I don't expect the scale to be accurate, but I don't want it to, I want it to just be, just needs to be relatively accurate. Or, uh, what are they, precision. There's precision and accuracy discussion. So it just needs to be precise, not accurate. So in other words, if it's repeatable, precise, um, that's a good thing because then I know whether I'm going up or down. Accuracy has to do with, is it giving you the right reading? So the best way to explain that is like darts, when you throw darts. So um, accuracy is how close you get to the bullseyes. If you're aiming for the bullseye and you, you, you get close to the, the closer you are to the bullseye, that's how accurate you are to the bullseye. But um, precision is if you throw three darts and one hits the bullseye and then the other two are just scattered randomly far away that's you got one out of three in the bullseye so that's kind of like your accuracy level but if you throw three darts and all three of them are like really close clumped together but they're not in the bullseye they're um, let's say on a 20 or something <clears throat> then your your uh, three darts are clumped together and they're more precise so that it's better they say in targeting and things like that it's it's better to start out being precise because then you can move your uh, then all you have to do is move your three clumps down towards the bullseye if that's what you want to do is, is uh, clump them together at the bullseye next time so a little I don't know how we can, if that works with writing or not, with, with uh, beliefs, if you can have accurate beliefs and precise beliefs, maybe. <laughs> could you have accurate faith versus precise faith? So, I guess I would twist that and spin it into the faith there's a God and unfortunately there's been too many men and women or whatever twisting these these scriptures and texts around to suit their agendas and opinions but the general message is we're all screwed up we're all in the group of screwed up people and God sent his son to let us know that we're all screwed up, but he still loves us and we can enter into a relationship with God because we are loved, forgiven, cleansed, and made right with God through his actions. And he wants us to love one another. We're to, we are to love people. So... I guess I'd say in the faith and the doctrine and the theology, the precise thing is to focus on the love and relationships with people and not being 
winning arguments and, and uh, proving people wrong. So, uh, moving out of the argument phase and more into the agreeable phase. How's that? That's interesting. And as I head back to my house, I had a nice... I asked this uh, neighbor who's... I have a ton of respect for her because she worked at this company that had a great, awesome um, company culture. So they had a company culture, they called it uh, servant leadership and grace. And grace is pretty much a religious theological term. <clears throat> and you can use it in the workplace, right? And grace is like, well, people are going to make mistakes, but you don't. Do you really have to, like, make them feel um, inferior or terrible because of a mistake? Or do you use grace and work on correcting it for the next time? Because we forget that there's going to be a next time. So you can get it right the next time. And the interesting thing was this is a... She was the chief people officer. People. So it's about the people. And um, the company is a local company. They were doing, they've been doing pretty well. And the owner started it, I don't know, 25 years ago. And as owners do, in the spirit of the uh, poker table, they got to the final table after 25 years and decided that they wanted to cash out. So they sold the company to an equity firm, which is basically some people with a lot of cash that see the value in the company. So they're going to buy it. They buy it, and then they, they hope to uh, streamline it, put it in shape, so then they can go sell it to somebody else. And they may do, they may um, buy two companies, put them together for synergies, and then uh, flip it to somebody. And it might take a year, it might take two years, it might take five. But that's what happened to her is the equity firm was like, oh, yeah, you guys had a great company culture, servant leadership. The, the CEO just sold the company out to us, and we don't believe in that. <laughs> so we're going to, the whole company culture changed. And it's like probably 95% of the companies are more like the equity firm is. The equity firm wants to just get results or that she said just they're all about winning winning whatever that is right and uh, <coughs> so I had an HR question for her because I figure she's and she is knowledgeable and I trust what she has to say and it's all good and we had a nice conversation and now she uh, was let go but she's really good, has a great reputation in the valley, and now an opportunity is coming along for her in the next three weeks.
and hopefully that's going to pan out for her. She met with the CEO yesterday, and she just loves the the CEO, who's a woman, and that uh, woman's very humble and is not doesn't have a huge ego. And she's basically saying, "Hey, this is you know, I'm looking for you know impacting the culture and making the company better." So it's not a startup; it's been around for 25 years. It's just they're going through changes as a company, and so she's finding a, a potentially a great spot for her, and that's cool, really cool, because she's a she sees the value of of the um, servant leadership, the grace, the culture, and make and you know the employees are happy, which also reminds me of this gal Liz Wiseman who wrote this book called Multipliers, who I have a lot of respect for. And she's on YouTube, and you can watch some of her talks. And she's just really good. It's just amazing to me, like, you know, people just don't get it. They're just bottom line finance. Some people are just finance numbers. They're like the engineers, like me. It's like, yeah, I have, we're right. This is the right out. I'm not going to try something new. I'm not going to do something different. I'm not going to consider the human aspect, you know. You know, so... A lot of these things have been talked about for the last hundred years or so about management of people within our economics. It's all evolving, so to speak, how to work with people and things. So, uh, yeah, I feel fortunate to have met this gal, and I'm hoping she's going to get this job because it sounds really good and she's excited about it. So there you go. Wishing good for others. Wishing goodwill on others. I think I heard that from John Ortberg, another guy I think highly of and a good writer of books. And I'm almost pooped out. I probably shouldn't smoke cigars. Because I'm a little bit out of breath, or it could be the the running this morning. So, folks, everybody listening to the podcast, whether you like it or not, I mean, whether you like the podcast or not, whether you like this podcast or not, you're in the in-group. You're part of the human race. God loves you perfectly, and other people love you imperfectly. So I'm going to end right there. And Bud, I'm going to wash your feet before you go in. And uh, I enjoyed that podcast. I hope you did too. I hope you enjoyed the dulcet tones. And you have a great weekend if you don't hear from me later. Bye-bye.